ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. We are back. Another week means another episode of Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two amazing co-hosts, Kyle and Irfan. Kyle, how are you doing this morning? I'm uh, doing good. <clears throat> another week, another podcast, and I'm excited. Another week, another week of work, and this is how you get over the weekend. <laughs> and Irfan, how is how's school treating you, my friend? Good, I think. I mean, it's it was it was an odd week where it was just like meetings after meetings of like trying to keep up, and everyone had the same sentiment where it's like, yeah, we're kind of dead. We are like dying right now because like I told uh, you off air, it's just all we're doing is staring at screens and trying to get away from that. So everyone's trying to find a way to to not be on the screen for so long. But I mean, it's part of the stay safe sort of approach, but we'll see. Yeah, it's tough. And I think uh, it's something that it's just starting to weigh on a lot of people, a lot of students for sure. I mean, I, I've, I can attest to a bunch of people that I know who are going through school that are just like mentally exhausted at this point because they haven't been able to go see people and just get that rest i guess from, from yeah. a screen. i mean school people and guys working full-time and people are working full-time they're like even they're saying the same thing like, like kyle being one of them like you're staring at a screen for eight hours a day like it's that but he was doing that before <laughs> no but now you're doing it for work but like you're not interacting with people face to face right you're just staring at a screen plus then after you're done work you're like okay i have to prep for something else i gotta do this i gotta do this so you end up spending like 16 hours in front of a computer or you end up watching sports right that too <laughs> no it's it's tough and i think uh i think we're all kind of feeling the effects of it and it, it's it's unfortunate i mean some places are starting to open up here in ontario some are clearly not like mississauga <laughs> it's not opening up anytime soon um so it'll be interesting to see how long we can uh mentally pull through this i guess is the best way to put it yeah but saturday sports man that's what we look for saturday sports gds on the saturday it's always good <laughs> so let's get right into our kickoff segment sponsored by canada kicking academy calling all kickers and punters in the southern ontario region if you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition you need to train with the canada kicking academy the ferrara brothers daniel and gabe are both university of guelph alumni and after illustrious university careers they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years if you want to take your special teams game to the next level you need to train with the canada kicking academy visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And boys, it's All-Star Weekend in the NBA, and it's a very modified All-Star Weekend, but it's All-Star Weekend, so we have to talk about it. The teams were picked. We have very interesting squads by the sounds of it. Uh, Kyle, you want to run through the squads for us there, my friend? Uh, yeah, sure, actually. Um, overall squads, you're looking at oh, – Sorry, it actually just closed on me. 
<laughs> God, I, I love technology. I had it open and it literally closed on me as I went into it. Um, Team LeBron, obviously LeBron, Giannis, Steph Curry, Doncic, Jokic, Dame Lillard, Ben Simmons, Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, Paul George, DeMontis or Sabonis, who is now actually on Team Durant, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, Team Durant, Kyrie, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, James Harden, Devin Booker, who is now replaced by uh, Mike Conley. Zion Williamson, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Nikola Vucevic, Don, Donovan Mitchell, and then as I said, Sabonis is replacing Durant on the uh, the roster. So, right, those are two good squads, man. I think I think it'll be interesting. I I liked. Um, I think it was Giannis's tweet, or he said something. He's like, "Man, did you see our starting roster? The game's over already. We've already won." Like, that's the kind of energy you want to bring in, though, because it's it's supposed to be a fun event. There's no doubt about it. But I, I I can't help but wonder, like, what's the logic behind doing the event right now? Like, it's a shortened season. You're already not having fans in the stands. Now you're bringing these players in from all these different teams, bringing, like, private jets probably, I'm assuming, Gotham there. It just seems like an unnecessary risk at this point in time, right, Irfan? I think so. And I mean, we talked about it a little while ago saying that it, it, it'd probably be the season where you don't need an all-star game, especially with travel and players coming in from different regions. And um, in any event, it's just like it, you could pick up an injury. You can pick up um, some sort of problem. So, uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of having it this year. I'd say take a break. But at the same time, I think they want to engage with fans a little bit more. They want to bring in that revenue. Um, so, and it's a good way to see some players just um, that you don't normally get to see, especially from the West Coast, uh, not play a lot of games. And uh, you're not staying up that late anyway. So seeing those guys on TV during primetime, I, I guess it's it's good because fans get to see the players that they don't normally get to see. That's true. Kyle, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it is something that is needed at this moment, to be honest. Because I think somebody, I think everything that's gone on, obviously, is it the safest to do? No, and I'm not going to try and back that up. But it's 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 an all star game. It's something fun that we haven't seen on TV or in sports in a while. Yes, we've seen sports back, but we haven't seen one of those like all star games where it's like, all right, it's a hundred, it's a hundred and fifty to one hundred and fifty right now. It's like something where it's just pure entertainment. You know, it's not about winning the game, but it's just about, you know, going out there, having fun. And it's, it's almost like spinning the world on its head right now, because like right now the world, it has no, no fun in it because everybody's in either in quarantine or doing stuff. I guess I'm talking from a Western uh, hemisphere perspective, Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think, I think it's good. I think it's, it's one of those, you know, we, we see the best players in the world playing and, it, it's a cha- it's a good change of pace, I guess, is really what it is. Fair enough. It's it's still going to be interesting to see how they pull it off. I mean, obviously, instead of having a two-day event, which is what they normally do, it's been trimmed down to a single event. Uh, Rising Star – or is it Rising Star first? No. Sorry. It's uh, the Skills Challenge and three-point contest are going to happen before the game. I actually don't know when the Rising Star game is actually scheduled. 
I'm trying to find it. I don't know when the Rising Star game is actually scheduled on the Sunday, but it's on the Sunday at some point. Um, and then the dunk contest is going to happen at halftime. Uh, and it's only going to be three players. One of which hasn't actually had a dunk in the NBA yet. Uh, Cassius Stanley does not have a single dunk in an NBA game. He's, I don't know how he made it into the dunk contest, but you know, whatever. Um, it's going to be just, it's going to be a different all-star weekend for sure. And I think if anyone goes into it, expecting the same sort of fireworks, the same sort of atmosphere that we've had in the, in the all-star weekend before, they're going to be sadly disappointed. Right, Kyle? Yeah, hundred percent. By the way, the rising stars were picked. They're not playing. They're not playing. Okay. Cause I saw them picked and I'm like, I just don't remember seeing them on the schedule. Yeah. So they were picked and not played. So, um, Sorry, I totally forgot the question. On this one. <laughs> People going in have to understand that it's not going to be the same atmosphere, right? Oh, no, no, no. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, especially when it comes to like you know, dunk contests and stuff like that, where usually that's one of the most hyped up thing, right? Where it's, you know, the judges go crazy for this and people are bringing out all these different items for people to, to like jump over or whatever it may be. I don't know if you're going to see that a lot this year. Right, like it's not it's not the same atmosphere. It's not the same um, hyping up the crowd. Like there's there's not going to be that same thing. And it's this could be a bad dunk contest. I I, I I'm not really sure where it's going to go. Um, honestly, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to be a good one. <laughs> honestly, like the dunk contest over the last few years, I've lost interest in it. Yeah, since since basically the Gordon and Levine contest back to back, like yeah, like and and to be honest, it was like it always comes down to who they actually want to win. Like half the time, it's not actually the person who does the best dunks; it's just who they think is better. Like it's, yeah, it's just, well, it was also the fact that who interacted with the fans better than yeah. the next guy. It's like oh, he's hyped; that means his dunk was the best. And it's like not really. If you go skill wise, it probably wasn't the best, yeah. but. Um, I'm sure they have some sort of plan, though, no? Like, if you're going ahead with parts of the All-Star game, there must be something they have in plan or in motion just to be like, hey, we know that we don't have fans this year, so this is gonna we have to do something like this. Or the players are going to have to be the fans and kind of hype it even more. Um, well, it's but during halftime, how... right? Like, that's the so like are, at least. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, are guys going to come out and, and support, or are we going to see you know, virtual fans that we see in certain games come up and, and do something. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just very curious to see how they manage the situation. I feel like either it's going to be really, really bad or it's going to be fine. Like they're going to, they're going to get away. They're finding a way to work at it from a virtual standpoint. Well, it's also only three people. Yeah. It's so not a like, normal dunk on. This is only just three. cancel it. Just cancel it <laughs> at that point. Then. <laughs> and that's well, to be honest, I think, I think they're at the point where if they cancel it, they might not bring it back. Uh, yeah. it's the yeah, whole it, the only the only thing that's going to the dunk contest thing again. Yeah, the only thing that's going to save the dunk contest is if big names start going back in it. Like you haven't seen a big name in there in a while. Yeah, Aaron Gordon was the biggest name that we've had in the dunk contest in the last ten years. But that dunk contest made Aaron Gordon. I know, but that the second one I'm saying is the, oh, that yeah. was when he was his second one was he's the biggest name that's been in. That's my point though, Kyle. Is that? Yeah. Even then, he yeah. wasn't even like that big of a name. Like, yeah, I mean, if I, like, been... I love Aaron Gordon, I think he's a good basketball player, but like, he was not a big name when he was in the dunk contest. No, I mean, I think it was Dwight Howard was probably the biggest name in the dunk contest, and that was almost ten years ago. I feel like right. 
wasn't that over 10 years ago now? Like, I thought it was 2012. I might be wrong. It was a while back. I'm just saying it was a while back. Like, you're looking at 10 maybe plus years or 10 years in general. Like, that was probably the biggest name. That, that was him and Nate Robinson. That was where the two. Yeah, that was him. Since yeah. then. Like, they need, they need a Zion or, like, one of the big young guys coming up to yeah. go into the dunk contest to really try to reignite it. I don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't. And it's it, it's unfortunate because when we were growing up, like, that was the contest. We didn't care mm-hmm. about the three-point contest. Mm-hmm. It was fun to watch because it was all. I don't care about the three-point contest, to be honest. <laughs> it's fine I think to watch the captains, it's The captain should be able to participate in the dunk contest. So then they that's can an if they want to, but they but don't. I think they should, but I think it should be said that uh, one of the captains has to be in the dunk contest and one of the captains has to be in the, in the three-point contest just to get a high-profile name or something. I don't know. I'm trying to market for the NBA here, and it's probably not going to work. Yeah, Mr. Marketing, what, what do you think? I think it's dead, but it's all. <laughs> um, well said. No, to be honest, I, I think I think the most the most uh, intriguing aspect of the All Star Weekend is the skills competition. I think that that part, especially when they do the skills competition, include the WNBA players too. When they do the whole uh, half court three point free throw aspect of yeah. like person says shot. I like that part. And then they, and then they all go back to the half court and they have to, they all have one has to hit it and they all shoot to me that that's interesting. Cause then it's, then it's a competition, right? Yeah. And that's, that's a comp, that's a contest that isn't happening this year. Yeah. Let's make that very, that's not the skills challenge. That's a different competition. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but it's one of those, like, to me, that is that the best part of all-star, right? Three point competition. If Steph's in it, I'm betting on Steph, and I'll probably end up losing money because I'm betting on Steph. But it's just Steph. It's a, it's it's just one of those like it it when it was like 2000s when it's like Kyle Korver and all that kind of stuff were shooting, going, doing the three point. It was interesting. Yeah. Now it it's it's old. It, it's just not like they need to get some sort of breath of life in there or, or do something different. I don't, I don't know how you can do it different because it's a three point competition, but there's gotta be something. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be wrong to watch this year just because everything is messed up. You don't have the fans reacting as Irfan said, it's, it's just not going to be the same. So if you're going to watch it, please know that it's not, it's not what you expect it to be. You're going to have to suspend your, idea of what it should be for for a year for a year yeah. or, or treat it as a commercial you know go get food go to the bathroom come back and be like all right it's done we'll see the highlights <laughs> that's another way to deal with it <laughs> to watch the game but you can skip over halftime let's talk about a former dunk contest competitor who is now on the market kind of sort of I don't know if it's official yet, but he will be on the market in the next. That's up today. Okay. So he is on the market. There you go. Blake Griffin boys was bought out by the Detroit Pistons. Um, he ended up giving back 13.3 million in his buyout, but still had $75 million on his deal for the next two years, which is ridiculous. He is now on the market and the, all signs and indications are pointing to him going to the nets I want to kind of throw a wrench in there and we're going to play a little devil's advocate as a team here, boys. Yep. Is there any team that could use Blake Griffin other than the Nets that might not be talked about, but would be a good fit? Like for me personally, I actually think Toronto might be a decent fit for him to be a big body beside uh, Siakam. 
Might be a fit, but he ain't coming here. No, he's not coming here. I'm just saying, like, as a fit, is there another team that might be a good fit? I, I'm saying Toronto. Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you, but. I don't know if there's a real fit for him anywhere, to be honest, of what his play style is because he doesn't play great defense and his whole game is drive to the hoop and get a dunk because he can't shoot. So uh, he's um, a decent mid range. He has a decent. He has a decent shine. He just doesn't take it. That's... I don't know what Blake Griffin you've been watching recently, but he doesn't shoot very well. Anymore. He doesn't shoot. Period. No, he doesn't shoot, but he can shoot. He just refuses to apparently take anything past a long two or three. He he he, he doesn't shoot well. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> For him, it comes down to, to, to wanting to win a, a ring, and I think that's what's going to be the ter- determining factor. I don't think he really cares how much he actually plays. That's the biggest thing. He has the money. Simple as that. He made a shit ton when he was in, with the Detroit. And, and in L.A. before. Yeah, and, and honestly, it was one of those I, – I can see I can see Miami looking at him. Um I can see the Lakers potentially looking at him with, you know, maybe doing a small lineup and him being the five potentially. Um, I can also see, you know, you know, Boston or golden state type thing. Um, Boston kind of is looking for more wing players right now. So I don't know if that necessarily fits, but I was going to say, I don't think he fits um, Boston, but yeah, to me, to me, I, I would probably say the heat are, are my number one other than the nets. I would say. Okay. Irfan, you want to jump in? Um, I feel like any team could use someone with his skill set, like I mean, offensive skill set, maybe not his defensive skill set, but um, like any of the playoff teams right now could could pick up a player like him. Um, I mean, he can shoot. I will tell you that I've seen him play. He can shoot. It's just he just doesn't take it because he's such a big guy that he can drive to the net and actually get you know a layup or whatever he needs, and then the harm. Um, but you know, you look at a team like the Dallas Mavericks, for example, right? Like they have two young players. Bring in a guy like Blake Griffin. It could work out with his veteran experience, especially with him being in the playoffs with the Clippers and um, seeing different coaching changes and being like a mentor for the young guys. And currently, you know, Mavericks sit in eighth and um, easily can can finish top six in that in that Western Conference because of the skill set that they have. So that would be a good fit. I mean, you mentioned Golden State. Um, maybe to replace Clay Thompson in terms of a high marquee name would be something the Warriors could do. Um and another team, like you look at the Denver Nuggets, um, the Nuggets are sitting in sixth right now. Um, if they want to push into a top four home court advantage sort of thing, like they would, he would be a good fit out there and go back to the West where he's better. Like he just hasn't been good in the East, right? So like go back to the West, like play uh, in, in a time zone that is probably his, his area. So do that. And if you want to stay in the East, then I have no problems with the Heat taking them because I think um, the Heat need another all-star or some sort of big name player that can that can bring in his game and i think he'll improve if he goes to any of the competing teams um no knock to to Dwayne casey or the pistons but it just wasn't a fit for him no it, that was that was pretty clear early on and it just it came to this it came to like, especially in the initial trade right like it just didn't make sense to begin no. with no i i do like that denver call though because he does have he's not as dominant obviously as Jokic, but blake griffin can pass the ball blake griffin can go to the hoop he doesn't have the shot from deep like Jokic has like I don't think he's ever really had a three-point shot Blake Griffin but he has the passing ability so if you need to take Jokic off for a little bit you're not really losing that passing ability at that position you're gonna get 
a guy who it's a, a bit of a smaller lineup, but he still can move the ball just as well. So that might actually be a good shout. I like that one. I, another one. I look at Portland. Yeah. Uh, the enigma that is Portland <laughs> every year. Like to me, looking at their roster, the, they're missing a power forward, small forward uh, star, really, I guess is what you could say. Obviously they have the center in, in Cantor and, Nurkic, you have the the shooting guard and point guard filled up with Lillard and uh, McCollum, but to me they're missing. I think I don't even know who they're starting right now, to be honest. But um, they're missing like a key piece there. So um, mm-hmm. I, I some, look at them some like, sort of protection too for Dame, because I mean, like everyone goes after Dame, and if you have a guy like Blake, you got to respect him. Hundred percent. Right. It, yeah. it, it seems like they have. Uh, mellow off the bench now, right? Which who was starting last year, but now he's kind of like bench fringe starter. Um, he found a role finally. Yeah, but like, like right now they have um, either Robert Covington or Derek Jones. But one of those was it one of the uh, to me, I would rather have Covington as power forward or no, sorry, small forward, but Blake Griffin at the power forward. And I think that could really set your lineup as well because then. Uh, if Lillard isn't shooting, he can dish it to Griffin too inside. So, yeah. no, I like it. I think that's. A, I think those are all good, good shouts for places that he could end up. Uh, that'll do it for our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition for your special teams game, please check out the Canada Kicking Academy at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. We're going to take a quick break. We will be back to talk. A little football, a little hockey, and a little soccer after the break. Hey guys, I'm Gabe Ferraro. And I'm Logan Lockhart from Between the Uprights on the Garage Door Sports Network. We cover everything football from NFL, CFL, and all off-season storylines. We make our weekly picks during the season and cover every headline in the offseason. Check us out on the shows tab at garagedoorsports.com for our weekly episodes. Boys, we are back. Let's get right into the big NFL story from this week, and it is J.J. Watt. After being bought out by the Houston Texans, he has already found a new home. And ironically, it's not where a lot of people assumed he was going to go. He's not in Pittsburgh. He went to Arizona, boys. He's joining his former teammate, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, as a Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Average salary is going to be 14 mil a year. And based on sport track, it looks like he's technically signed through tw- uh, the next two seasons. Yeah, two years so ago. So he's a UFA in 2023. Um, what do you make of the fit with the Cardinals? And is this, is this, was, was this his best place to go if he was chasing a ring like everyone thought he was, Irfan? Um, I actually got caught off guard with this one. Um, when I saw it, I was like, well, it's not the Steelers. Like, I mean, the, the thing I saw was him and his brother sitting in a, in a cold bath. So I was like, oh, did he sign with the Steelers? And then you read everything else and it's like, nope. No, he didn't. He that, um, that ain't the Steelers. <laughs> no, that isn't the Steelers. There, it's just the two brothers doing what they're doing. But uh, a little caught off guard. But at the same time, the Cardinals have a, a good young quarterback. Um, he's like you said, he's going to play with a former teammate in, in Hopkins. Um, whether this is the right fit, I'm not 
too sure because I want to see how it's going to play out. But um, if he's trying to chase a ring with a young squad and with the experience, I think this is fine. Um, but again, 14 million, I think a lot of people have been saying that's a lot of money for a guy who's, you know, been injured, um, hasn't really had a consistent last two years. Um, but whatever, man, if you're playing for an, paying for an all-star player that you want in a market like Arizona, you're going to have to do that, right? Especially we know this across all sports. If you want to play in Arizona, you got to pay the player a little bit more, right? Like that's just how it is. Like there's not much around in that area for, for players to really want to come into, but I think Cardinals have a good team and, and we'll see how it goes. But again, the Steelers would have been better. The bills would have been better, especially if he's chasing rink. Kyle. Um, I think there were a couple better fits, to be honest, if, if he did want to try and go actual ring chasing. Um, but his addition now makes the Cardinals scary in that division. And we were saying last year that um, they were potentially our, our sneaky pick to actually win the division last year. But honestly, it, it came down to their offense and defense both shut down at different times of the year. So um, I think the biggest thing right now is I feel bad for Russell Wilson because he, he has to face J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones on either side of that line while also being in the same division as Aaron Donald. Yeah. So Russell Wilson, who got sacked a shit ton this year, he's going to get sacked a shit ton next year. It's a shit uh, ton and more. <laughs> and Yeah, like uh, I don't even know what's more than a shit ton, but... Um, a double. Yeah, like it, it's just one of those like, Am I surprised he signed there? Yes, because I didn't even think their name was on the the list of teams that he was wanting to go to or, I guess, talking to. Right. But then again, we never actually get the full list anyways. So um, am I am I surprised? Yes. Do I think it's a great fit? 100%. And I think, you know, I think the biggest thing for him was he wanted a quarterback who had weapons as well. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. He wanted an offense that had weapons. Obviously, you have Hopkins, who he played with in Houston as well. So it's a great fit there. Yeah. And apparently, he texted Kyler saying, "I believe in you, and I want to take this team far." So, um, that, but that just sounds like a JJ Watt thing. Yeah, I think he would have done that to whoever was his the leader. Well, and, and, but I think yeah. that's I think that's what came down to his decision, though. I think it came down to you know, he's looking at all aspects. He's not. 24 25 he's not young and coming into the league and you know just wants to play whatever team he wants you know he he got his choice of teams right so mm-hmm. um clearly they had something that he really wanted and you know I, I i look forward to see what that arizona team can do now yeah they look they do look dangerous and and you mentioned the, the quarterback situation how big of a factor do you think the uncertainty in Pittsburgh actually played into his decision because as much, I know they just re-signed Big Ben, but he actually wasn't signed when J.J. Watt was signing. Like, that happened a day or two after. He didn't know who was going to be quarterback in Pittsburgh. Like, did that, do you think that played any factor at all there, Irfan? Probably did, but I mean, I think that shouldn't have played as much of a factor as we think it should because his brothers are there. So, I mean, it would have been that, that little family thing with like, Playing with your brothers, I think, would have been more of a factor for him than I think a quarterback. Because I think any quarterback coming into Pittsburgh, they'll find a quarterback. And I think well, ben, also, there's also a chance they're losing Juju. Their uh, the questions it, on offense are gonna be, are a lot bigger than they it's are true. No, I get that. But I think if if JJ Watt signs for the Steelers, I think those guys stay, or at least they get um, a couple of free agents that 
maybe didn't consider Pittsburgh going, okay, now we might go to Pittsburgh because now JJ Watts there and, and like defensively that team's going to be good. Now we just have to let, let's be that offensive player that, you know, and then Ben would have been like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stay one more year. Let me work my contract and, and come and see how, you know, the Watt brothers play. Like that's, that, that's how I would have thought of it. But I mean, it also, the other thing is now Arizona looks like a, a place where some, you know, mid ranged offensive weapons can be like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go sign over there. Cause if he believes in a quarterback and you have players that believe in their team, I want to be a part of that mix. So um, that could be another good thing for them. For sure. I, I, I was just curious if you thought anything about the quarterback thing. Um, let's switch gears here, boys. We've talked two bios. How about a coach firing? We're just going all negative apparently today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Calgary Flames have released their coach, uh, Jeff Ward, and he's, it is being taken over by a former Calgary Flames coach in Daryl Sutter. Now, the firing not really out of the blue. I think that's it's been talked about for a couple of weeks now. The Flames have not looked good other than when – no, they haven't looked good really at all. I was going to say other than when they played Ottawa, but even then they haven't really looked good because I think they lost two out of the three games against Ottawa that they played. I'm just surprised it came after they shit-pumped them. I don't get that. What do you mean? They beat Ottawa 7-3 and he gets fired after the game. They ended up losing the next game, though, so it really doesn't matter. No, I'm saying he got fired after they won. Yeah, I know. I understand that. I'm just saying, like, the team had been playing so bad, so they obviously – the reason that it happened, though, when it did was because they finally had Daryl Sutter's contract in place ready to go. That's why it happened then. Yeah, like – They were going to do it probably before other – or after other games that they had lost, but they didn't have – they wanted Sutter. They made that very clear is that they wanted Sutter, but Sutter didn't want the interim tag. Sutter wanted a contract. He wanted to be guaranteed that he was the head coach. So this is not a, he is taking over on the interim basis. He is the head coach. Yeah. And that was what I think delayed it to the, after the big, the big win. Right. But then they went out and got pumped by Ottawa the next game. Didn't they lose like five, one. Uh, I, I, don't know to be honest pretty sure they lost 5-1 but anyways i wasn't surprised that he was fired i was surprised sutter was the coach that they wanted back Uh, kyle your thoughts on that whole debacle um actually yeah the last game that they played was they they lost 5-1 and then they won 7-3 and then he was fired they haven't played a game since so um they haven't played a game since he was fired but um yeah, honestly, it's it's the traditional NHL. That's the biggest thing. Like, it's just like, like it it seems like there's a, a goddamn carousel of old coaches that everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, we had good success with him in 2006. Let's bring him back again. It's the Montreal Canadiens all over again. Like, it's like yeah. Well, the difference is Montreal only has two coaches on that carousel. Yeah. yeah. Well, now there's three. So now well, in, interim interim doesn't count. They've had a few interim coaches. Well, it doesn't matter. He's still French. He still gets on the carousel. Fair. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think this fixes their problems. That's the biggest thing. So, mm. um, like, yes, of course, a new coach, fresh voice, like that kind of stuff. But the Flames just suck. Like, it's simple as that. Like, <clears throat> and honestly, like, Markstrom's been okay. You know, the, the only reason they're, they are where they are right now is because Riddich stood on his head for two games against the Leafs. Like, that's literally the only reason they have an extra three points. And it's like, 
Um, they just can't score. Like they, they no, they have no score. Like I don't even blame the goaltending at this point because defensively they played like crap and they can't put the goddamn puck in the net. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's in net at this point. They're gonna get goals scored against them because they're facing the most shots. So, like to me, I think they need to switch things up. They need to to, to make a trade. They need to do something. Like maybe they do it in the off season. Don't want to do it during the season potentially, just because of the whole like if they do it with the U.S., it's a whole full fourteen day wait yeah. period and shit like that. So, um, maybe that. But like, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know where they go from here. To be honest. Yeah, Irfan, you want to? Um, so- yeah, I'm surprised it took them that long to fire Jeff Ward. Like, no offense to him. I know I saw him in Boston as an assistant coach. Good guy, but, like, I'm surprised at his hiring to begin with. Uh, I know he had a couple of good games, but then keeping him on and then keeping him on this long, especially after last year's co- sort of dud with, uh, you know, Johnny Gaudreau not playing well, Sean Monaghan not playing well. I think they need a head coach that can spark their their stars. Um, whether that's Daryl Sutter, that remains to be seen. And I mean, I, I guess they kind of went after him because of, you know, his two cups in the last 10 years. Or well, No, he wanted back. He said he had well, unfinished well, business in Calgary. For sure. But I mean, anyone can say I have unfinished business. It comes down to management saying, well, you know what? Fine. We'll take you back. But it, I think it also plays the fact that he has two cups in the last 10 years or sure, three yeah. cups or whatever it was. I think they, they, they realized, well, you know what? He didn't win one with us, but he went and won two over there. Maybe he'll come back with that experience he gained and, and help our stars. Um, like you guys said, he is much, he's on the older side of the things. He's 62, right? So, um, but then I guess the question comes out to you is what, what coach is out there for them to sign? Like, well, I don't think I, anyone's touching Mike Babcock, uh, at least for a while. Other than the University of Saskatchewan. Yeah, apparently. But, like, like what coaches <laughs> out there... You want to get into that, that as well? It's all another issue there. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, what coaches out there for them to realistically pick up now? Like, you're going to go with Willie Desjardins? No, I don't think so. No. Um, like, I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of names that I'm not... Oh, I mean, Close Julian's on the market. So, I mean, that would have yeah. been something I, to look yeah. at. Hold on. Uh-uh. <laughs> No, I'm just tossing names because I, I can't really think of any current coach looking for a job. Fair. But yeah, I, a little I, I, surprised I, with it, but I mean, I guess we'll see if he brings that experience from the Stanley Cup over to them and finishes his business, or do they get smacked around like they're getting smacked around now? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, it's it's really it is tough, but if you're firing the coach, why don't you give? just put an interim tag on someone for a little bit, right? Like I know the Stockton heat coach, he's had a, a couple good years down there. Why don't you bring him up and just let him be the, the interim coach, give him a try. Cause obviously you're recycling coaches more than 50% of the time. It doesn't work out very well, right? Like they're gone within a year or two. Mm-hmm. So why, why put yourself through that? Especially a team like Calgary, who let's be honest, has some really good talent that is just not playing up to snuff. Maybe it's not one of the old voices that you need to bring in. Maybe it's a guy who is younger, who maybe has a different view of the game that might need to come in and just light the fire under their butts. Like Monahan and Goudreau are not playing up to snuff right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think those guys are significantly better than they're showing this year. Maybe you can bring someone in and get Bennett going, right? And I know he doesn't necessarily want to be there, but he has more skill than he's showing. And if you if he wants out, he's got to prove it. You need someone to come in and just say, listen, I get you don't want to be here. Show everyone else, show the rest of the league that you're good enough, and they will come calling to come get you. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we can get a fair trade for you. 
but we're not going to get anything if you're playing like crap, right. right? They have the talent. I think defensively there's questions as well, and they need a coach who comes in with a different system defensively. But there's really no reason to be recycling old coaches at this point, right, Kyle? No, and Irvon, I looked up some of the, the coaching candidates for Seattle just to try and see if there's some uh, options out there. Yeah. And I didn't even realize, but Gerard Gallant's still available. Oh, yeah? Literally took that Vegas franchise and, and you know, kind of directed the, 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 I guess, the group of misfits, I guess is what you could call them when they first started. Island of misfit toys. <laughs> like, like, to me if anybody can really corral a team and get it the best out of them, he would be my number one choice right now. Yeah, he's, he's up there for sure. And it's one of those, like you look at the uh, other than that, and you know, look at Bruce Brudrow potentially, who's also a, uh, a head coach there, who's had solid defensive teams as well. That's kind of, you know, corralled that whole area. Um, obviously. Yeah. Mike Babcock and stuff too, but yeah. Um, Maybe Dan Bilesma potentially, right? Who hasn't had a, a real job since he he got like Buffalo. A, uh, I mean, well, Pittsburgh's really the last good job he had. <laughs> uh, well, wow! Uh, oh, poor Buffalo. Poor yeah, honestly, Buffalo. Honestly, it comes back to yes, like obviously there's like this would be recycling of old coaches too, but it's not. They haven't coached there before. That's the biggest thing, right? It's not. It's like recycling of coaches that have been fired, but not the same coaches they've had for 14 years or whatever, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And like the sad thing is, is that we, I was talking about their defensive, not playing well. Yeah. Listen to their six defensemen right now. And they don't have anyone injured. So this is their top six, probably Giordano, Rasmus Anderson. Right. Pretty decent top pair. Noah mm-hmm. Hannafin, Chris Tanev. No real problems with that. And then uh, Valimaki and Killington are the third pair. Right, I I don't really have a problem with any of those guys. They should be able to play defense, but they can't. I, I don't know if it comes down to them not playing defense or the forwards not coming back and helping out the defense. I, I think, think I think it's a combo of both though, because yeah. they're they're getting caught on a lot. Like I've seen a few Flames games, right. and every single game there seems to be a bunch of odd man rushes going back the other way where it's like two on ones, three on ones going back against the flames goaltender and odd defenseman. Yeah. Well, that means somebody screwed up. <laughs> like one of the defensemen yeah. screwed up. Well, and, and that's someone didn't cover. I think, I think they're well, jumping up a lot. I think that, I think they're trying to create offense so much that it's because the offense isn't doing anything. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's costing them on the back end in that aspect. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that's where you kind of have to rely. Like, I'm, I, I'm not trying to knock on the goalies, but you also have to rely on your goalie to try and make a save on a two-on-one to try and keep you in that game if you are trying to get so much offense, right? Yeah. And, no, I, I agree. I'm. Just, I, it was just something that I noticed. Like, no, no, hundred percent. But, but it's also one of those super deflating feelings when you're trying to create offense. It's a two-on-one the other way, and all of a sudden a goal goes in, right? Yeah. That's where if your goalie makes that save, right? Then the momentum still on your side because now you're you're right back in it, and I don't think they're getting that momentum swing, and I think that's huge again, especially in the North Division where goaltending is not great right now. Um, oh, we just had a whole show on that, me and Ryan. So yeah, I I will agree with you. <laughs> if you, when you can get the key saves from your goalie, that's huge in that division. Yeah. So, yeah. 
there's there's four or sorry there's three goalies right now in the north division that are playing well hellebuck anderson and no i wouldn't even say anderson's playing well because he's not playing up to his capabilities he's playing fine you say he's not mike costing his team that's no longer valid huh you say mike smith that's no longer valid i still think he's playing well he had one bad game he had three he got shit on in three games no, he came in on one of those. Right, in two games. In two games, he got shit on. Okay, sorry. So two out of ten. You're right. My bad. And yeah. then... Who's no, the who played in the other games, right? Huh? No, you played in the other games, right? People who can't score. So when he's played someone who can score, all of a sudden it's... Oh, that red light really hurts my neck. Okay, who's the third then, Kyle? There's one more that you haven't named. First shit, not carry price. I guess Jake Allen would be the other one. Bingo. Yeah. So two out of the three, you wouldn't expect because they weren't freaking starters at the beginning of the year, and one of them still not a starter, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> like, that's the problem. That's the goaltending we're getting in the North Division. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> oh, it's a mess. Um, any other points that we want to make about the Flames before we take a break here, boys? I hope they don't flame out. But um, that's all. <laughs> Take a break. I'm out of here. <laughs> so we're going to cut Irfan off. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a break and talk to Irfan a little bit here, folks. Oh, there goes Kyle. We lost Kyle. Kyle is gone. He's gone. Uh, no, here, I'll make a serious point. I'll make a proper point. I think the okay. Flames and the Sabres will look at being trade partners in the summer. I, I think don't. we're going to see a shakeup, and that's going to be the, the trade. I had to leave. I'm sorry, I had to leave. No, that's, that's <laughs> sorry, I, I just. Um, All right. Yeah, honestly, biggest thing for me for the Flames, um, Goudreau's got to go. Goudreau has to go. Okay. Not one of Goudreau or Monahan, or it has to be Goudreau. I think it has to be Goudreau. Okay. Like to me, I don't. To me, I think if you move Monahan, it's not enough of a. I don't think it's going to get enough in return. Okay. Because right? to me, I think the Flames. Where they currently are ain't going anywhere. So I think to me it's it's a retool. Trade Goudreau, get pieces, whatever it may be, and retool and yep. try it again. Okay. No, that's fair. I I was just wanting to make sure I understood your point. Yep. All right. We are gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about Liverpool and their fledging season that's become. And we'll bring back the tire fires again. Okay, boys. We'll be back mm-hmm. right after this. Hey everyone, this is Irfan Manju from Touchline Thoughts. We are an all-soccer podcast hosted by yours truly with guests every episode. We provide news, analysis, and opinions every episode as well. Touchline Thoughts is powered by the Garage Door Sports Network, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher. Cheers. One more go, boys. Let's get it done. Liverpool, who were favorites to win the EPL at the beginning of the season... Well, the calendar turned to 2021, and since then, they've played 11 matches. Can you tell me how many wins they have, Irfan? Like two? They've lost five for sure because that's been at home. I think they have like two wins or something. They have three victories. Hmm. Three out of 11 victories. That's not good, and that's just in the league. Yeah, it cost me some money. I was expecting them to score a goddamn gold. (laughs) Well, welcome to betting on Liverpool. They have one, two, three, four, five, 
for five games out of those 11, they did not score a single goal. That's not good. They have fallen all the way down to eighth spot in the table. And I don't see them finding a solution here. They have no center backs currently. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it's showing. And in certain games, and as we said, about half their matches, they can't seem to find the back of the net. What is going on? This is a team that was supposed to be a favorite all season. And now they're not even competing in games. Which is mind-boggling because they have the offensive talent that's good enough to score goals. But I think, <clears throat> and, and and you know what? I'm not going to chalk it up to injuries anymore because we know they have injuries. I mean, last year City had injuries and that's what costed them to really go head uh, toe-to-toe with Liverpool in the finals. And they still finished second with a ridiculous clip of like 100-something goals, right? So like, it, I think if Liverpool is to improve, <clears throat> it starts from the midfield and up. Um I think that midfield hasn't been consistent because, again, you know, Henderson has to play in in defense. Um, Fabinho hasn't been healthy. Um, you're relying on Thiago to play deeper than he did for Bayern, and that's not his position. Um, I mean, Trent Alexander is a weakness on defense. I mean, he goes up so much that he can't come back and cover fast enough. So maybe pushing him into the midfield might change things. But um, the signing of Kabak hasn't panned out for Liverpool at all um he's had one good game and that's because Leipzig just couldn't score um they're like oh look at him like there was that image where he had like five Leipzig players around him and they're like oh he can handle all five it's like no he can't um he's just that's the picture that was just a good picture (laughs) yeah because if you if you look at the replay when Trent goes up and Kabak's left alone Angelino has so much space to go and score so watch Leipzig actually bother Liverpool next game um I don't think that signing is worth it. And I think you picked up a guy, no offense to the Shaka, but you picked up a guy from Shaka that isn't used to winning and, and just came in and was like, oh, oh, this is not Shaka? Crap, I'm just not good enough. And that, that's what it looks like. Um, it's also a different then, league. It's also a different league. Let's, no, I know it's a different league. I'm just saying that you're going, going from a team that's had to fight for relegation to a team that's considered a champion. And it just hasn't, like he just, doesn't seem to fit um whether that means liverpool goes out and gets an actual center back this summer or if ben davies uh who's come in injured uh can he come in or is nate phillips good enough to stay we don't know um but one more point before i pass it on to kyle is this is what happens with klopp's team klopp has a good first three years or four years and then it sort of dwindles and that's what happened in dortmund where they were super good they won back-to-back championships they they competed with Bayern, and then they started losing some pieces. They started to pick up some injuries. Um, Marco Royce. A little, that was a little different. No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's the trend. Like you see where I know, it but I can't really blame that. him for Dortmund because the Dortmund head staff transferred all of their top players. They got rid of a bunch of guys, and that's not really his fault. No, no, but I'm saying they still they still had a very good core that just didn't work out for him. What I'm just saying is like that that sort of drop in play. And yes, they lost Lewandowski, they lost Gutsa, they lost Homos, but they still had a very good talented team. Um, <laughs> top three players right there. Well, no, I know they're your top three players. I'm just saying that you still have well, Marco Royce who didn't say healthy. Saying, yeah, you know what I mean? So like it's sort of a trend. And I don't know, like you're right, we can't directly compare it but it's sort of a trend that you see with a lot of coaches was that they have about five years before the team starts to struggle and how do they get out of the struggle and they just haven't gotten out of it um and yes it's injuries but let's push that aside you have enough talent to blow teams away and and you mentioned the injuries well they've pretty much had injuries since the beginning of the season right they're two they have. their two center backs went down in like the first four matches or something like that mm-hmm. okay 
up until January, they played 16 matches. They lost once. Mm -hmm. In the last 11 games, they've lost five of them, I'm pretty sure. And they've drawn yeah. another two or three. Something. They've drawn another yeah. three. That's that's not good enough. This yeah. was a team who was at the top when the calendar turned, I'm pretty sure. If not, they were second. And then in the last 11 them, matches, since you've came, come into the new calendar year, they have fallen off a cliff, Kyle. I just don't get it. 100%. They, they, they literally lost four straight uh, in February to start the, start the month. That's, that's, that's huge. The biggest thing is they – are, one, they're giving up way too many goals on the other end, but they're not scoring is, is the biggest biggest thing, especially at home. They had one goal, I think they said, in the last four matches at home or something like that, I think that's what they were saying. Yeah, let's see. They're, yeah, against City is the last time they scored at home. And it's, it's one of those it's, – it's, it's just – it's mind-boggling to me, with, especially with the players they have. And then, like, I was watching the Chelsea uh, the Chelsea game on – Thursday, yeah, yeah Thursday. Thursday, and like subbing off Sala in the sixty, like sixty fourth minute. It's like he is arguably your best scorer, maybe Sane, potentially, but one he's one A or one B. Like, but like, like, why would you take off your greatest threat? You're down one nothing. You need a goal. What is that? I I don't understand the decision. Like, if you think he's not. He's not putting the effort in. It's still solid. You have nobody better on the bench who's going to replace him. It's simple as that. Yeah, it's not like you're bringing in like an Aguero for City, yeah. right? Like Aguero, if you're bringing Aguero in off the bench, okay, sure. that makes sense. <laughs> you're not bringing an Aguero in off the bench no. for Liverpool. And Kyle, to build your point up even more, yeah. there are six matches at home since the turn of the calendar. They have one goal. Yeah, that, and that, that, there's, there's a stat they put out. And I was like, that it was that stat. And I'm like, that just, it stunned me. And I'm like, Wait, what? Like, so the last time they the last time they won a game at home, I'm pretty sure. Hold on, let me just make sure. That Spurs, I got December sixteenth. Yeah, it was Spurs, right? Yeah, that is unacceptable. Almost, almost three months ago, that is unacceptable. You cannot be losing that many games at home. And the next two are are at home. Next two, yeah, you have Fulham tomorrow and then you have leipzig at home for the at home for the champions league i'm taking i'm taking the under on liverpool's goals tomorrow then if that's the case it's i play fulham though i don't they, they drew them last time they played <laughs> well true I, I think this this sort of decline was sort of written last year when we got back from the covid play as well they struggled coming out of that it seemed to me that they, they just weren't good and I did mention that I think that's why uh, Nick when we had our show on Touchline Thoughts I said I think City's going to win the, the, the championship this year because of the factor that they didn't look good after a break um, obviously they didn't get to train as well as they do but they just didn't look good and it sort of um, it started off well it, you know they were okay they're mediocre and then it, it's showing up again so um it just hasn't been kind to them. It's just they, they haven't played consistent football since, you know, technically winning the league in like February um, of last year. So um, whether this is a problem that Klopp has to figure out, whether it's Klopp's fault or it's player personnel issue, um, I think either either try and salvage. At this point, well, it's yeah, but block. I, you can't you can't say that it's Klopp's fault because he had he has pretty much the same roster. They start losing and the players just stop listening. Yeah. And that's what it kind of looks like at this point is that mm -hmm. they're not playing a cohesive game 
and guys are not in the right position. Cause you can see Klopp on the sidelines. He's either super energetic trying to get them to listen, or he's just absolutely disheartened and sitting in the, sitting in the booth like this. Yeah. Like he's done. And Klopp yeah. doesn't do that. Klopp no. is usually up running around when he's mm-hmm. sitting like this, you know, he's basically given up on that match. I think at this point it's just salvage your season, try and fight for top four and, and rotate your young players into the game. At this point, if it's just not working out for you, get get Nate Phillips more playing time, take Kabak off, uh, put Nico Williams at right back, maybe push Trent a little higher and see if that changes the perspective of the team. But um, whether he does that or not, or he just wants to play it safe with the guys he knows that can play, then you have that. I think he's got to he's got to take this opportunity to play some young guys for the the rest of the season because they're not winning the league. Nope. Play the young guys against some of the lower squads. If you if you're playing like a City or a United or a Tottenham or Chelsea, like you can play the big guys, but see what you have because clearly what you're doing right now isn't working. You might as well try something else. It's not like he's going to get fired for playing young guys like some some managers. So. All right, boys, let's wrap this up. Let's get to the tire fires of the week. And last week, we actually had a tie, so we had to have an internal vote. And it turns out, Irfan, your tire fire from last week, the Jersey conundrum that was between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Atlanta Hawks wearing red and orange, uh, won. So congratulations, you win. They will go on as our champions, and we got to come up with three new ones. So, Irfan, since you won last week, you get to go first this week. Sure. I'm going to stick with the NBA because apparently I won last week, so that's great. (laughs) Stick Uh, with what you know. Um, it was a couple of days ago. It was the game between the Utah Jazz and the and the Sixers. I'm I'm calling it the roughing issue or whatever we want to come up with creatively later, but um. It's just the the Jazz weren't getting calls um, for them, which I I think as as a team that doesn't have stars, I guess stars um, like LeBron or or Giannis or whatever, like they just they're just not getting calls, and it it went the other way a few times. And it's just it's I was just like, are you for real? Like you're giving Embiid this call for um, like a a defensive foul, but on the other end you called it an offensive charge for you know someone else, and it's like. No, I don't want to see that. Like, I think if you're, I think every team should get equal call. And I know the Raptors had that issue last year and the year before where they just weren't getting equal calls. And I think now it's the Utah Jazz that are going through that issue. So, um, yeah, my tire fire is the refing in that game and, and just refing in general is keep it consistent. If you're going to call something on one end, call it at the other end. Fair enough. Kyle, hit us up with your tire fire of the week, my friend. First off, you know, consistent refing. That's, <laughs> the tall ask to ask. Say, it kind of connects them in every sport my tire fire is the kansas jayhawks football team and uh coach lee's or uh, less miles being put on administrative leave um obviously oh, sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior from 2013 it's been a constant story of 2020 and 2021 of all these stories coming up of coaches and actors and whatever it may be um, having some sort of sexual harassment and now just adding on to this, they suck as a football team in general. And now they had to have no head coach. So to me, just, it, it's an absolute tire fire, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Lack of better words. I was going to say shit show, but tire fire is probably more consistent. Yeah. Um, no. It's just, it's one of those, you, you, you can't escape your past and it's, it's just, an absolute 
I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, I, I really don't. It's just like, get your shit together. Like, don't be an idiot. Yep. Yep. I agree with you. All right. I was going to go with one from the EPL, but it kind of ties into Irfan. So, Irfan, I'm going to build your point if you're ready for this. Uh, the refs in the EPL clearly don't know what a handball is either. Can't call a handball for their lives, no matter what game it is. And like, I was watching the United Chelsea game. I think it was United Chelsea, right? Yeah. United I had no problem with the call. But then they start showing the replay from the week before where United got called for a handball that was exactly the same. And it's just like, okay, like if you're going to call it in one game, call it in the next game. Like, why are we, why are we playing this up and down? It doesn't make sense. So that, yeah. that builds on Airfonds. Uh, my tire fire of the week is Trent, for, or I think it's Trent Frederick from Boston. Yeah. Travis or Trent? Trent. Trent. Okay. Trent? No, there's Travis. Can someone look it up for me while I do it's my. It's Trent Frederick. <laughs> Frederick on Boston going after Ovi in their game against Washington. I started just absolutely dying of laughter as he goes after Ovi, cross-checks him, then gets the stick between his legs, then goes after him again and drops the gloves as Ovi's just just holding him like this. (laughs) I'm not fighting you. Like, what what are you you doing? Go away. (laughs) Buddy. Ovi's not going to fight you unless you like absolutely murder one of his teammates. What would, why would you go after one of the greatest goal scorers of all time who probably outweighs you by a hundred pounds? Probably kick his ass. He would probably have kicked his ass. Why? You're a rookie. I get you're trying to make a name for yourself. That's probably not the guy to go after. I'm sorry. In and of itself, your that brain decision was a tire fire. So then you went after Tom Wilson last night. So it's okay. (laughs) It worked out. Wow. Yeah, that's a different he story. Should, but he should have gone after Tom Wilson after that. But. Well, to be honest, I don't blame him for going after Ovi because he got a, he got a stick in the balls. Like, it's, well, okay, but he I would go cross checked him first three times, yeah. and then Ovi's just like fuck off. Yeah, but it's it's different than cross checking the chest and a stick in the nuts. Like, I I understand that. I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, like, you went after him, got hit three shots in, he got you back once. Why would you go then and drop your gloves later in the game trying to get him to go? Like, that's – come on. Like, no. It's not going to work. First of all, why would Ovi fight you? Okay, so yeah. – interesting. So, Ovi got fined for that, right? 5000 yeah. 5000 Highest – the most amount that he could get fined under the CBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bullshit fine, but – Agreed. Uh, <laughs> Should have been Ovi, a game. Ovi's fine – if he were to make $50,000 a year, would it be the equivalent of $26.21? Yeah, I saw that. That's just embarrassing. <laughs> it's like, here, I'll pick up the check now. Yeah, yeah. the equivalent for his contract, in, if it was $50,000 $50, a year, would be 25 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Like, what a joke. <laughs> that, that's that's like, less than a speeding ticket here. All right, there you go. Yeah, I had that in my back pocket, sir. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, but like... It should have been a game. You can't be spearing guys like that, especially like intentionally. If it's an accident, it's one thing. But he he looked at the guy and speared him. That's a game. I still think it should be like the NFL where you can find guys like a, a shit ton. Like, right. to be honest, like the NFL is probably equivalent with how much money they make and how much they can find people. It's probably the equivalent of what they do right in the NHL right now. Yeah. But to keep people in check, like I think you should be able to find them like more than that. Like, yeah, I agree. But 
Yeah. And again, let's, let's be honest. I don't think Ovi is going to go out of his way to be getting a bunch of fines. Like it, it is Ovechkin. He wants to be on the ice, so he's not going to put himself yeah. in those situations very often. But still. Yeah, I don't know. So those are the four tire fires. Make sure you uh, vote on Twitter. Uh, what was that? <laughs> Get it together, Kyle. I'm I'm watching the Tom Wilson hit from last night, sir. Uh, we could get into that too, but we won't. Um, let's wrap this show up, boys. Let's give our final thoughts for the week. And Kyle, you're starting us off after you know wanting to watch Tom Wilson. Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I don't know if I have final thoughts right now. He doesn't have a thought right at the moment, folks. We've we've confused. Watching the Tom Wilson hit, let him finish it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm I'm trying to think of what I talk about right now. Uh, you know what? I I have one for the whole show. If you guys want to hold off, we, we well, can do one for the whole show. I, I will, I'll do one quickly. Um, I I just want to congratulations on Conley finally getting a All Star after 14 years. Yep. Um, absolutely. Definitely deserving. And then uh, another thought would be, I'm actually, I don't know if there's a lot of UFC fans out there tonight, but there's a very good card going out tonight. So if you are interested in watching that, I would highly recommend it. You making any bets for the betting house? Uh, we, we made a few on, on the show. Um, watch out for the Adesanya fight. Blakovich very well could knock out Adesanya because Adesanya is like 20 pounds underweight. So um, stay tuned for that one. So. Interesting. Interesting. Erfan, do you have a final thought? I do actually. Um, Maya Chaka, uh, first black woman to officiate in the NFL um, this coming season. So that's pretty good news. I mean, we had Sarah Thomas who officiated in the Super Bowl uh, a couple months ago. Um, and now she'll be, and now Maya Chaka will be the first black woman to officiate, which is really cool because we're bringing in some good professionals, um, especially as we're celebrating Women's Health uh, History Month, uh, as well as Black History Month, which just ended. So I think this is pretty good news for the yeah. NFL and, um, and it's good for refing. Um, so look, I went one bad refing thing to another positive refing thing. See, positivity, guys. Irfan is in the business of yin and yang and balance. <laughs> Om. Om is where I'm at. I love how me and you both are that. <laughs> oh, boys. All right. Well, um, I'm going to finish it off. And I think this, this comes from everyone at the show. Um, this past week, we obviously had the passing of two great Canadian uh, sports icons. One, Chris Schultz, the former NFL and CFL player turned broadcaster, one of the best CFL broadcasters around, one of the nicest humans around by the sounds of it. Um, so that's, that's sad to see him go. And obviously the big one was Walter Gretzky, uh, Canada's hockey dad, mm-hmm. passed away after nine years battling Parkinson's which is incredible. Uh, it's it's a big loss for the hockey community. Uh, you've been seeing all these stories come out for people who just met him one time, but the the impact that he left on people, just meeting them once, is mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible. The, there was one person who, I guess he was walking around, and they had the Wayne Gretzky trophy, The I guess it's the OHL trophy now, whatever the mm-hmm. championship trophy is. One of the trophies is named after Wayne and Walter was there and this guy walked up and he's like, Oh, let's get a picture together. Walter asked him to take a picture of him with the trophy and then a picture with the guy so that he could have a picture with the two of them together. Like you don't get that from people. 
that's not that's not normal i don't care who you are that's not a normal thing and he went out Mm -hmm. of his way to make sure everyone enjoyed the game and truly just enjoyed being around the game so it's a big loss for the hockey community it's a big loss for the hockey community in canada as well so uh, i guess we just want to say condolences thoughts and prayers to his family to everyone who was affected by that so i'm gonna end the show there boys next week we'll be back the three of us hopefully unless something comes up which you never know and we'll talk some more sports then. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Garage Door Sport, on Instagram at Garage Door Sports. Make sure you check out the website, garagedoorsports.com. If you're looking for us individually, it's at Kyle Vardy. If you're looking for Kyle, at Irfan Manji. If you are looking for Irfan, and at Nick McVicker. If you're looking for myself, make sure you check out all the other shows on the site because they're great and I enjoy listening to them personally. So I think you will enjoy them as well. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.